Liberal Europe podcast, a European Liberal Forum project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. Today I'll be speaking with Milos Odun. Milos is a board member for the European Liberal Forum, is also part of the think tank Project Polska, and is international expert for the Nowoczesna Party in Poland. And after our conversation, I'll introduce you to some of the events organized by ELF for the second part of October. I'm here with Milos Odun. Milos, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. And before we go into the main topics for our conversation today, I want you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. How did you get here? What happened in your life to get you interested in these topics? I guess this topic has been always present in my uh, in my public activity, in my uh, in my NGO work, since this uh, the minority question is very important for for all, all liberals but particularly it became important uh, after 2015 so when this new polish government came into power and this is a government that is particularly hostile towards all minorities so we saw that uh, lgbt groups um, together with other minority groups are especially you know put in danger and and their rights need to be protected so this is why uh, I personally also put much more effort and energy in, uh, in developing projects, events, uh, discussions about this topic. So if this wasn't part of your life, what else would you be doing with all that energy? Meaning being an activist, what, what kind of other things would you like to, to pay attention to, but unfortunately you can't? I, I guess there, there is a few topics that I'm actually working on. This is, this is one of, of, of them. The other one is definitely the rule of law. In Poland, this is something that I've been doing a lot. Also, uh, I'm a lawyer, so this is something that it's particularly interesting for me. And the other thing is uh, is the environment and the climate change. So I would say right now there are the three main topics that I put the most attention on. And uh, without the LGBTI topic, <laughs> I would probably focus more on the other two. Still talking about you for a little more. Uh, so can you deal with this, all these passions, all this, you know, challenges all these projects um, would you like to just focus more in one than other so how do you manage your life then with so many things on your plate i guess i, I just love it <laughs> i'm just very passionate about all this these three topics and uh, yeah th th there is a few more there's actually plenty more but uh you can focus only on on a few of them especially if you want to get professional and if you want to be able to, you know, to contribute to a uh, to a broader or deeper debate, uh, so yeah, I guess these these three topics are actually so so broad, so wide that anybody could could join join in and, and and find for for themselves a little piece in it to to develop and to uh, to to work in. There is political parties working in this topic. There is there's NGOs working in this topics. Uh, so so there's plenty of opportunities and. Uh, all these three topics I just mentioned are very important for the future of, uh, of my country, but also for future uh, of Europe. They're like key topics for, uh, for for liberals now, right now, to me. That's that's a great point. You are a lawyer by uh, by you know by education, by uh, your degree you have. So, how did that translate to all this? Uh, activism that you're doing right now? I guess because of the the education I got, uh, the the legal education. Um, I'm focused a lot on the legal aspect of this uh, these three issues, including the, the the LGBT issue. This is something that I've been able to to use my my, my knowledge in my public service. 
Uh, I'm also a member of a political party, and as a party, we are actually working a lot on LGBT issues, and probably we are the uh, the only representative in the today's parliament if it comes to to these issues. and uh, And we've been writing uh, law proposals about uh, uh, about topics very close to to, to LGBT issues, like like anti hate speech laws, like uh, like the civil partnership law, or like the changes in uh, in criminal code. So one trick question for you: If you have to choose between, you know, sitting on a on a library with all the books about law, or being on the streets and and organize, uh, is it like half and half, or do you prefer one more than other? I need both. Uh, I I need both. I couldn't sit only in the library and write or read without being active on the street, and vice versa. Like when I'm too much on the street and too much organizing stuff, I feel like I should write write something. That's a great answer, sir. All right, uh, let's go in then to the topic of our conversation today. And as you just mentioned, uh, we ha have a crisis going on, and not only in Poland, in other countries also, but we're going to focus a little more for Poland right now, and then we'll go to other countries. But um, gay right issues were actually not a political uh, conversation going on for some time until finally, well, not finally in a good way, of course, but the Law and Justice Party brought this to the limelight and made this like a, a weapon, a political weapon. So um, what happened in your opinion? Wha what changed this to be now such a hot topic? I mean, first of all, it's been always a topic, always topics connected to, uh, you know, to, to private life, to family life, to, to, to personal life are very much connected to the political life of a, of a nation i believe in poland we wasted so many chances to actually do easy changes like legal changes that would that would uh, change the situation of a big group of, of people in poland here the lgbt people uh give uh, give this group more rights but the previous governments the the more center or the more left-leaning governments did not do that and uh, right now we have a very conservative very nationalistic and connected to the church government that is using this topic a lot because they know how to campaign they know that the modern campaigns are all about emotions are all about people and uh, since this is a very emotional topic they decided to play this game a lot and actually they cannot live without an enemy and uh, since the for, for, for polish society uh, the migrants migration is not so much it's not seen as much as a, as a problem anymore like it was in 2015 the lgbt community was picked as another uh, enemy to uh, to fight as easy as that they just needed an enemy and they, they created it and they are using all the tools they have all the propaganda they have all the air uh, on, on tv they, they have all the money they have to create a new enemy they could fight they can fight for and they have also a great um, they, they created this great alliance with the church the church is supporting it uh, a lot and this is something that actually they spent all the european parliament campaign on this is something that that made them win so, so this could be a question that maybe you don't have an answer for it but do they care about it then or as you mentioned they're just trying to find an enemy and appeal to polish people's emotions or do they really care about exactly. this issue i think it's a strategy i think Peace needs these votes and peace relies a lot on the Catholic Church and Catholic Church for sure is always has always been in Poland against the LGBT community and against many other minorities and since peace needs the votes of the Catholic Church they, they, they just follow if you are asking me if they are truly 
Christian or Catholic party, meaning law and justice peace, I would say there is people who is definitely Christian or fundamentally Christian, but also I believe that for many leaders of this party, this doesn't matter. This is just a strategy they decided to to use. This is just a strategy for them to win. So, so it's a very difficult question, uh, and the answer is uh, it's not easy. But definitely, they are using this topic as a strategy because they have uh, they have allies in the society that that ask them to push on these issues. Because the language is really, really outrageous. I have a quote here from Kaczynski which he warned that the LGBT and the gender movement threatens the identity, the nation, and the Polish state. Um, so as you mentioned, you know, this has always been simmering. Uh, even if Poland had some, in the 60s, for I understand, 60s, 70s, some advances, but now we're moving backward. So why are so afraid then of just s giving up a little bit? And maybe, you know, from in that way, not, giving in this image of intolerance and even of violence and, and, and hate speech. There is many more quotations I could find you who that are even more disgusting than what you just said. There is many more <laughs> There is many mo more words from uh, peace leaders but also from from church leaders when they talk about minorities as disease. And this government this party will never give up. This is just not what they do. This is not just the image they want to build. They build an image in within their electorate as a party that will never give up. And uh, and especially not with a topic that is so emotional and so important for them in, in campaigning. You know, they cannot give up on something uh, that, that's, that's about the family. That, that they cannot give up on something that they say threatens the, the, the children, the Polish children. So, so this is a topic that they will never give up. They will never step back because it's just too important right now as a topic for their electorate. They created the image of themselves, of their party, as the only protectors of the traditional Polish family, of Polish children, and there is no way they would say, okay, we're changing our mind. But getting back a little bit, because what you mentioned goes to the l language that is being used, but on the other hand, isn't it even the dehumanization of people? Does that like the Polish, uh, not, on, not only the Polish, the international community, are you seeing people reacting to that? I mean, it is a clearly a dehumanization of people. Like what they say, they say LGBT is not people. This is ideology. And this, this works in a way in Polish language. They, they decided to use this term as an ideology and it's, it's very difficult, but this is clearly presenting an, an group of Polish society that is not human anymore, that is more like, you know, things or something. And uh, do people protest? Of course, of course people protest, like LGBT society protest, all the allies of LGBT people protest, uh, opposition parties, uh, they protest, international community protest, but this is as much uh, as we can do. This is a huge battle that we are having right now in Poland over the, um, the future of LGBT uh, rights in Poland, but, but also, it's about the, the standard of life, about human rights. We are fighting right now against the big conservative wave of, you know, of taking away all the rights possible from minorities. We are living with a government that believes that the nation, that the Polish nation should be, you know, all homogeneous. They, we should all be like them. We should all be like they wanted us to be and everybody else who is a minority. Not only LGBT, but, in, but a minority does not fit to the picture. 
and they will just do everything to 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 eliminate uh, the rights of such people, to eliminate the voice of of such people in the public debate. I'm asking you that because the numbers are somewhat worrying. Some uh, we have 46 percent of Polish people are against civil partnerships. 65% uh, against marriage, 76% against ad adoption by uh, gay people. This is actually numbers I took from Politico um, Europe. So having this picture drawn now, what can uh, we do? And now when I mean we, the Polish people, the Europeans, the European Union, what can we do? So first of all, the numbers. So we see different numbers from different sources. And this is important because in Poland, uh, basically every party or every media outlet uh, can, you know, can publish the, the numbers that they, they order from a, from a specific uh, company. So the numbers are very different. It all depends on how you ask uh, the question. What we see as a trend, and I think you know, trends. Uh, this is something that really matter. If if you can compare the numbers from from twenty years ago, ten years ago, and now, is that in all research we see that there is a bigger and bigger support for LGBT people and for uh, for marriage equality and for civil partnership. This is one thing. The other thing is, uh, what can we do? Is that we 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 could and we must organize ourselves here in Poland because what we do here in the country is the most important, and this is something that is actually happening. Like since peace came into power, we can see more and more organizations popping up, like LGBT or human rights or organizations popping up in the country. We can see this huge wave, this huge movement of pride marches. So this year, actually, it's hard to count for me but I, I think this year in Poland we've had 29 uh, pride marches which is really a phenomenon in Europe that there is so many cities and towns that are hosting this this uh, this marches many of them are not organized by LGBT organizations but but by other NGOs just allies of LGBT people and this is a great thing so I see it as a as this you know as this uh, bottom-up phenomenon that people see that their rights are in danger and also the rights of their family members or their friends are in danger, so they need to organize themselves. And these marches are the great example of such organizations. If in a small town you have for the first time ever a march of people who are calling for, for equal rights, for, for tolerance, for acceptance, this is a big thing. And uh, of course, education is the other thing. But right now we have a big problem because the education is, it was just reformed by the, by the law and justice. It was not only the structure of our schools that was reformed that causes our, us big troubles, especially the kids, of course, but also they changed the curriculum so that uh, the kids will learn now more, more about tradition, about religion, about this kind of stuff. Not, there is no space for civic education. There is space for patri patriotic education. So uh, the first thing we as opposition, we must do when we win the elections also to, to change the curricula and to, to teach how to be tolerant, how to be an active citizen, how to fight for your rights. This is something that to some extent uh, local municipalities, the, the mayors, the city councils can do, can use their money, can use their powers as school owners and, and influence the, uh, their schools a bit. So, so, uh, so education I is the other thing. And if, if it comes to the to the to other countries of course there's uh, there's always a lot of room for 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 education for campaigns for inspiration uh, from abroad because of course there's so many countries around us in Eastern Europe in Central Europe that are doing so much better than us they're actually very much 
like us but they, they, they went farther and faster than, than we did and this is important for us to learn from them. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute but now uh, let me just get a little more granular because for people listening to, to this that fortunately we live in <laughs> more democratic and more equalitarian uh, societies culture it's a big big issue meaning that you know young people grow up watching television and being on social networks and uh, reading uh, well all kinds of stuff and then LGBT right not LGBT rights but LGBT people are presented in a good way and and that also has an effect then downstream here in Poland that is also a cut it, it doesn't it doesn't f it is it's not even presented it is so uh, actually this this 30 years of Polish democracy you know ter 30 years after Polish uh, Polish democratic revolution we when we talk about LGBT rights so LGBT people in more general we should definitely uh, distinguish between two things that the legal things and all the, all the others all like the, let's let's call them social things so it comes to the legal things there has not been much that there has not been done much uh, in this there has been some changes in the labor code but not not much but if it comes to the culture uh, it's definitely I would say it's blooming it's uh, it's not that there is any censorship or anything like that uh there is there's there's of course magazines there's clubs there's associations but also the image of lgbt people is changing i would say for general public and one thing is that we get all the tv shows and and movies that uh, everybody else in europe gets we have netflix you know we have we have all this kind of stuff and polish people watch it and and are influenced by that but also what's what's important i think every single polish uh, soap opera has all had uh, LGBT character. There, there, there has been a, a gay person, a lesbian person, and at the beginning of the 90s they were normally villains. But right now it's just a character like character. There, there are characters like any others. So this is very important. The culture is changing, and the acceptance for LGBT people is changing together, uh, together with with culture. What not follows is the is the legal issues. Before we even talk about the legal issue and uh, the way you describe it, I see two competitive uh, bottom-up processes then. And then one is exactly what you mentioned, being more acceptance, more normality. On the other hand, it's the government trying to inculcate in children in school, like, oh, family, religion, Poland. So we, we of course, you and I, we, we know who, who we want to, th that wins that battle. Um, now I have a, a quite difficult subject, but this connects then to an example that I want to give you, and that is the two most popular parties in Poland. Um, they have, which is of course uh, the Law and Order and the Civic Platform. They have deep connections with uh, the Church, wi with the Catholic Church. Um, in your opinion, uh, how long is this going to take? <laughs> it, it'll ever happen, and if if there is anything that Polish people can do to break this what do you think it is this is a very difficult question so for, first of all you're right both well, uh, you're not gonna come here for easy questions <laughs> <laughs> both biggest Polish political parties they, they are very tightly linked to Catholic Church but this also brings us to the issue that I think that in Poland there is nothing like one Catholic Church like institutionally even within the Catholic Church you have different streams you have different you have different groups. Uh, there is one that there is uh, very conservative, that is uh, that is in power right now. That is in power within the church right now, and this 
very conservatives conservative bishops archbishops they cooperate perfectly with the government that is very conservative you know they they, they just they are just perfect matches and uh, they support each other uh, before with the previous government the previous government was lucky enough that the previous leadership of the church was more liberal was connected you know to different values but also to different media outlets and stuff so also the cooperation was was pretty smooth the conclusion is that in Poland the two biggest parties are two right-wing parties one is definitely a conservative nationalistic right-wing party the other one is center-right but both of them they are connected to the church the question is what will happen next and uh, the question is is the change possible with the church or the change will be possible only against the church like we saw in spain for example and this is something that you know i cannot really answer i don't know uh, but i believe that actually the church will have to adapt because the society is more progressive than our political elite and the society will be pushing for more actually more progressive political elites uh, because the society will demand the change and then the church will have to adapt because if not they will just lose they will lose the people we can see it already we can polish churches compared to western europe they are still full of people but uh but they are getting more and more empty there's less and less younger people young people who are attending masses so this is changing well because there is hope milos and that is in portugal which is um predominantly a Catholic country, 85% of people answer that they're part of the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church can be very, very aggressive on this topics. Fortunately, in the last like 15 years, we went from no rights to a lot of them, like marriage and adoption. So it can happen to Poland I mean too. You can look at Pope Francis, right? This is a different phase of church that we have here in Poland. So in Poland, we have bishops, archbishops who are opposing what pope francis is saying you know this is like as far as i know this is against the this is against the church laws this is against the canon law we have people who are who are journalists like editors and chiefs of big what they call themselves the how they label themselves catholic uh magazines and they are saying very openly that what the pope is saying is it's blasphemy this is not true he should be you know dethroned as soon as possible it's kind of weird because he's supposed to be infallible so <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're coming to the end of our conversation, and that is, um, how do you see this then spreading? You were just mentioning other countries uh, here in the vicinity, because fortunately, you know, um, to the south and also to the north, things are way better. But how do you see that spreading to neighboring countries, both in a bad way, and that is, this examples, bad examples could be adopted by other countries. Uh, or in a good way, you know, the struggle of the LGBT community in Poland can, you know, inspire other people that feel that their uh, rights, their equality is also at stake. I think it's very much connected to, to all the wave of populism and nationalism that we are experiencing in Europe right now, especially in Central Europe. So if, if you look at other countries like Romania had just a referendum about the definition of marriage, uh, Estonia may may have a similar referendum uh, this or next not this but next year uh in latvia you have very conservative parties in uh, in the government and, and so on and so forth so so i think this is this is not something that poland exports to other countries but there is something that's in the air here and all the populists or the right-wingers they actually they have really good connections to each other They're, they learn from each other so i wouldn't be surprised if in some of the neighboring countries the issue of LGBT will become very soon also, just like in Poland, an emotional 
uh, topic of the campaign that the LGBT minority will be picked as an enemy because somebody will discover that with by doing it can win the elections more more, more easily. Uh, if we do also something good that's been exported, uh, if it comes to LGBT rights, I don't know. To be honest, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I think the Polish movement, something I mentioned before, all this prides marches all these new organizations and uh, and uh, all the culture can be inspiring for, for for many of the countries uh i think we're struggling with something very different i'm not sure i'm not aware if there is such movement uh or movements like we have here within the lgbt community in romania bulgaria uh but on the other side if you look more to the, the east to ukraine to georgia I know that organizations there, they look at Polish example as something that is actually promising and hopeful because they are living in a much more, much more difficult environment. And, uh, and they look at, uh, at Poland still, they look at Poland as at a Western country, more Western country. And they, 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 they see these movements here and they, they, they find it inspiring. And I hope it will inspire them and will give them more strength to fight. Um, how can people... Uh, be more involved so tell us where can people find more about this conversation that we have today so you can follow us on twitter you can follow us on instagram you can follow us on facebook and you can find all the information there oh also there is a brand new website and as usual all these links will be in the description of the podcast and i will have you again on the podcast because we want to keep following this and we want to keep following this struggle and try to help as much as we can even if it is from a distance but from now i'm going to thank you so much for coming to the podcast milos and you know all the best for the lgbt community not only in poland but of course all those countries that you mentioned thank you so much and i'll be very happy to continue this discussion very soon And before we go to this week's ELF events, I would like to tell you that we are now also on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. And if you like our podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review. And that way you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. Now for some of the events organized by ELF for this next week's of October. On the 18th in Slovenia, Ljubljana, we have the event called ELF Regional Experts Network deepening and widening expert cooperation. This program builds up on the outcomes of the REN 2018, when for the first time experts in policy development, data and political communications from Central and Southeast Europe came together in their respective events to exchange best practices and experiences, and also to participate in tailored skill training. In 2020, the REN program will once again bring together experts for advanced training and exchange of practices. This is the first of the RNA training taking places in Ljubljana and it will focus on data analysis and voter psychology. And then also starting on 18 and going to the 20th of October, in Hopatija, Croatia, we have the event Liberal Storytelling in the Balkans, this one co-organized by the Friedrich Naumann Foundation. The participants in this event will use techniques learned from previous events combined with their set open and free-minded values in order to create their messages and their stories and presenting their leaders his or her message or story.
and then from the 24th to the 26th of October, which is a Thursday to a Saturday, we have the Alder Party Congress in Athens, where the European Liberal Forum is going to be present and it's going to have a couple of events that you can know more by downloading the program of the Congress. This is all for now, but I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe podcast is organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any use that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. <laughs>